some more antibiotics. Can't go upstairs. It's probably safest for tonight. Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I want to welcome our very special guest tonight, Jamie King, who we all know as Rose from Black Summer. Jamie, thank you so much for being here with us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing so well. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So let's go ahead and get started. Your career started as being a very successful fashion model. You've appeared in Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, as well as walking the runways in Paris and New York, mm. uh, being discovered at the age of 14, looking back now, is there anything that you would have done differently, uh, you know, in your fashion modeling career? It's interesting. I, you know, I started very young. I was very artistic from when I was a young child. And I think that my need to, uh, uh, become a filmmaker was so great inside of me that I, I really wanted to understand and work with, you know, some of the greatest, um, photographers, artists, um, costume designers, things like that. And, and to me, fashion is an extraordinary language of self-expression without saying anything at all, which is, you know, very applicable to the way that we build characters and tell stories in filmmaking. And, um, I think the only thing like I can't really back look back and say I would do something different. I, I wouldn't suggest that people necessarily start so young, but every every person's different and I'm extraordinarily grateful because I learned so much about human beings um, coming from Nebraska and didn't grow up with a ton of money. So it, it allowed me the opportunity to really travel all over the world and, and observe and understand, you know, many languages and, and humanity. And that's an invaluable experience uh, for me as a storyteller. Absolutely. And you were discovered at what, like the age of 14? 13. 13. Wow. I mean, for a 13 year old being thrown into that world, I can't even imagine. Now, in 1999, you transitioned into acting. Did you have a passion for acting even while you were modeling? I always had a passion for acting, writing, producing. Uh, cinematography, uh, directing, you know, any, any part of storytelling to me was, and is, you know, deeply uh, ingrained in my, in my soul. And it's, it seemed like, for me, that was the next step. I had learned from all the greats in the industry that I was in. And at that time, you know, you didn't go from being, you know, a, a supermodel to a, a serious actor or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, it just, it was at a time where there weren't multi-hyphenates. You know what I mean? It was like gotcha. you did one thing or one thing only. Just like in, at that time in entertainment, it was like you either did television or you did film. Mm -hmm. Or it was something like that. And um, uh, the brilliant writer, uh, Daniel Waters, um, who wrote one of my favorite films, Heather's, um, had seen a photograph of me and had written a film called Happy Campers. Mm -hmm. And it was Mike DeLuca and Denise Sinovi, um producing with him. And he reached out and I flew out here and spent a lot of time auditioning. And that was, that was, yeah, that was a miracle. It was a miracle because it's what I always wanted to do. And, um, you know, after that I went into Blow, 
the film below with, with Johnny, John, with Johnny and yeah. Penelope Cruz and other extraordinary actors. And then it was Pearl Harbor. So it was just this very, Yeah, you it know, just cascaded from there. Now, you made yeah. an interesting point uh, back then you were either a model or an actress. So did you get any kind of pushback, especially from Hollywood executives saying, mm. wait a minute, you're a model. I mean, why do you want to go into acting? I mean, any kind of pushback? Was it difficult? You know, it, it's interesting. I think I got more pushback from the fashion industry. Wow. Because at that time I was at the height of my career, which is crazy to think about when mm. you're barely, you know, I, I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. 17, 18. Um, and I think that they didn't understand why if you were, you know, the, the it girl, um, that you would just suddenly want to stop. And again, I, I, I felt like an outsider at that point. I felt like all the education that I needed from that I had received. And I'm definitely the kind of person where if, if, if it's gone past that point where I feel like I'm really learning and growing, expanding, I, I can't sit in that space. It's really difficult for me. And um, in terms of, you know, people in Hollywood, um, because I studied so diligently with extraordinary teachers, extraordinary coaches, uh, you know, most of my friends were, you know, very, very, very great actors and, and they really mentored me and, you know, even when I was in, you know, the fashion industry. So I was well set up for understanding, you know, the, how to go about the craft of acting and what it took. Um, and I think that because I, I've dedicated so much of my time to really, you know, to always um, refining my craft in the most nuanced and open and honest way, um, you know, going into Hollywood, I was very lucky to have the, you know, the A.V. Kaufmans, you know, the, you know, Bruckheimers, mm -hmm. the, you know, these extraordinary filmmakers and producers that supported me. And, um, you know, there are, are people that, you know, really changed my life because they saw who I was um, when I would go into an audition and who I was uh, in, in terms of the essence of of, of my heart and that it mattered very deeply to me and they, they recognize that. And so it's, it's something that I'm really thankful for. Absolutely. And you're, you're so talented as, as well. They saw not only your, your heart, they definitely must have seen the talent in there as well. Now your very first big production movie, like you said, was Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, starting Ben, uh, ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett, uh, Going into such a big production film, did your prior experience prepare you for that? Or did you go there and like were like, wow, I mean, the money that is being thrown into this thing? It, it's, it's, it's funny because uh, what I loved about the beginning of my career was that I did not understand the hierarchy at all. Like, there, there, like when I got cast in when I was cast in Pearl Harbor, I had originally went in for the lead role for that Kate Beckinsale did. Oh. Um, but I was too young at the time, but um, Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer really wanted me to do it. And there was a, a, like a role that had like one line. And so I spent time with Michael and we expanded this part. And, you know, when, you know, my agents and, you know, people were like, Oh my God, this is the biggest budget film of all time so far. I, I, I couldn't, I, I just wanted to act, right? I was, I was really excited, but my head wasn't wrapped around, uh, you know, uh, oh, this is, you know, a huge budget. And I, I was just excited, mm -hmm. excited to tell this story and excited to work with, you know, these extraordinary actors like, you know, Michael Shannon and, you know, I mean, just uh, like the cast was insane. And when I, I, but I do remember though, when I, got to set and you know one of the first shots that we were doing i think that setup must have been like it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars wow and we only had one take and it was the big scene where you know uh when the bombing hit and it's running through strafing lines and you know the light had to be just right and 
you know, thousands of, you know, background and, you know, it just bottom line, you couldn't mess it up. It was crazy. And yeah. so I remember asking Michael, you know, do you have any direction for me? And he's like, yeah, don't F it up. <laughs> and so I just thought, okay, just run as fast as you can and just make it to the camera. But it's insane when you're, you've never been around explosions or all of these, you know, everyone chaos. And it was just like, whew. but it was, such it's that kind of feeling that you have when you're um you know when you're acting and you know i say a lot all we have is between action and cut and and for me that's where i feel a kind of presence um that is so exhilarating uh you feel at home completely at home and it's so interesting that you said that because the first time that i I came out to Los Angeles and I went to the Fox Studios and I'd never been on a lot before and I'll never forget walking through the lot and I was looking at this very old, you know, painting. It was like Marilyn and, uh, you know, other fine actors on this huge wall and I, I took a breath and I was like, what is this feeling? And my body was so relaxed and I was like, oh my God, I'm home. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm awesome. Home. That is so awesome. Um, wow. Now, your first big venture into the horror genre was in a 2007 movie called They Wait. You were the leading star. Is yes. that where you found the attraction to the horror genre? Because you've appeared in so many horror flicks after that. Is that Was that the spark? Honestly, I think the spark for horror for me was The Shining. You know, seeing particular films uh, by these extraordinary auteurs that um, were able to tap into a psyche in a particular way um, while telling something that was deeply personal to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there's something about... Um, uh, there's there's just something about giving uh, an audience the opportunity to experience something outside of themselves. Yeah. I think through horror um, or through genre films, it's it's a beautiful way for people to explore not only like their inner like their own inner experiences, their own fears, worries, anxieties, concerns, but in a way that releases you know adrenaline and dopamine and like all of the you know it's. I it's, totally it's get an, it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, I totally it's, get it. It like keeps you here, and and again, it's the, the, the. I would really say that the vehicle of that is to create the tension, right, and then release the tension, then creating tension, then releasing it, and um, you know, uh, it's just to me a, a kind of genre that you can blend with so many other genres, and uh, it's universal. That, that is so great. Uh, now, you still have some ties to the fashion industry. For example, you've appeared on as a judge on Project Runway. Do you still have a lot of ties to the fashion world? You know, I, I inherently do because of my very close relationships with the houses or with you know, particular designers that I've worked for for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, um, pre-COVID especially, you know, when you're going to premieres and press stores and things like that, you know, those relationships um, stay very present. And uh, when I did Project Runway, I mean, they'd asked me to do it many, many times before, and it was just the right time. And it was with a dear friend of mine, Zach Posen, who was on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, but when it's interesting because I made a very, when I stopped modeling, I said, I would never do fashion again, period. And when I would get, uh, you know, offers for huge campaigns and, um, magazines, things like that, um, unless it had to do specifically with promoting a project that I was in, I wouldn't do it. I think the first, the first campaign that I did with fashion was Revlon and that was you know because it was also it was with other actors Holly Mm -hmm. Berry and um, Ava Mendez and Julianne Moore and um, and then you know as I got older and the fashion and film world collided more and more I felt um, 
much more open to the process because I was clearly established in, you know, as a filmmaker rather than what I was doing before. But I knew, I knew somehow inside of me that there could be no wavering, you know, that, um, that, that I really wasn't interested. I, I just wanted to make films and now it's, it's fun when I get to, you know, um, to be a part of both worlds in an artistic way. And speaking of that, you have friends in uh, many different aspects of the entertainment industry, including music. Taylor Swift is a good friend of yours. And not only that, she's like, isn't she godmother to your son? Yes. I mean, how did you and Taylor end up meeting? I am, uh, we ended up meeting at the Golden Globes and she was, she was a fan of mine and she came up to me and I, I honestly, I really didn't know her music. I, um, you know, I obviously had knew her name, but, uh, I really hadn't listened to her music and she asked if I would come over for tea and she had seen a video that I, um, did with a dear friend of mine, Lana Del Rey. Um, and you know, she wanted to know more about that and, 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 creative advice and we just became very fast friends and um you know some of my my closest friends are musicians mm-hmm. uh music to me is is a universal language if not the most powerful language and um i think that there's something about musicians that understand uh filmmakers well never thought of it that way before uh, you have worked with some of the biggest names in Hollywood. Uh, like I said, you have a long and distinguished resume in movies. Is there a particular project that you have the fondest memories of? Oh, wow. Honestly, from the beginning or now? Uh, for throughout your whole career. Like one that you look back on and like, wow, you know, that was a good one. You know, I, I my for there's several that are very precious to me. I mean, I immediately go to Black Summer. Mm-hmm. I immediately go to Black Summer because that is a culmination of all of my life's work thus far. Um, a kind of freedom that Netflix has given us uh, to tell this story and the most. Uh, profoundly honest, real, exciting, dangerous, intimate, um, radical way. Um, our, everyone from our camera op uh, to, you know, Justin, to Carrie and Christine, Lee, like our, our cast is so extraordinary and our, our bow down to our leader and showrunner, John Himes. It's, it's, Black Summer has, has changed my life forever. It's and, amazing. Truly, like it's changed my life mm-hmm. forever in, in terms of the way that we work from our AD Chelsea to, I mean, literally, like, you know, every single person on this crew and on this cast, it's sort of one of those experiences where you're always sort of like, is this really happening? Like, are we in a dream? Or do we really get to do, you know, 12 minute long takes and rehearse for four hours? Like, like, it, like it just, it doesn't happen. And so it's, to me, Black Summer is alchemy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and and that has been possible from previous experiences that I've had on on other films that taught me so much. You know, uh, Robert Rodriguez um, is another hero of mine. He really uh, taught me how to trust myself. He taught me about uh, thinking radically. And you know, when he wanted to do Sin City. You know, at that time, Frank Miller would, wouldn't give up property to anyone. So Robert shot the opening scene with Marley and Josh Hartnett and spent his own money doing it, um, you know, obviously on green screen and brought it to Frank. And Frank said yes. And so I got a call when I was doing White Chicks, which was another pivotal, hysterical. pivotal, <laughs> pivotal experience for me um, with um, Keenan Ivy Waynes, who who talk about teaching funny someone. i mean teach, oh my i God. mean like i really wanted to learn comedy you know when uh, you know from the masters and i'll never forget what he said to me one time and he said 
there's no room for vanity in comedy. And, and he, it, which is, there's no room for vanity anywhere in acting. And he would push, push us so far. And he's like, I want you to go so far over the top and trust that I'm going to pull you back if necessary. And, um, and it's the same, I, I think there is like a, a, a thread between these kinds of filmmakers because Robert, um, there was a scene that I was doing with Mickey Rourke in, in, uh, in a car, a, like a chase scene, and I'm shooting guns and has this, I have a cigarette out of my lips and this whole thing, and yet the car wasn't moving. It barely moved, and the wind blowing and a green screen, and, you know, like, I'm like, I feel, I'm like Robert, I feel like an asshole. Like, I, I, I don't even know what's happening right now, and he's like, you have to trust me. You have to trust me because, again, no film had been made in that manner before, you know, and yeah. I think it's, it's, um, you it's know, revolutionary work. in a way. Oh, complete, like completely revolutionary. And those, those filmmakers, those, um, showrunners, the, the actors that I've learned from, you know, even, you know, uh, recently, um, when we were, uh, we were one of the first shows back up for Netflix for Black Summer, and um, you know, there's all these new rules with filming, zoning rules, quarantine. I mean, it's really hardcore. You're taking intimate experiencing uh, experience, and it becomes very medical. And you know, uh, but like our our crew handled it so well, and um, sometimes it could be like a little disorienting. And I think on that day, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, and on this particular day when this seemingly very simple thing happened but uh we were doing a, a, a big sequence that was really important and i didn't understand uh, a blocking right so it was like i was supposed to move from one spot and they wanted me to go diagonal and i was like well why would i go from here there right uh -huh. I, like it didn't make sense and then justin drew carry i said J i'm like I, I don't know why might this this move in my body felt wrong like it didn't seem like i had a, a purpose to, to moving that way. And I think, you know, uh, if, if you're an actor out there, uh, you understand what I mean. Like your body will intuitively tell you which way to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, Justin said, Oh, you're, you know, you're doing, you're, you're moving that way because you're going to, you're block, you're protecting your daughter. Wow. Like you're staying in front of your daughter. And I was like, Oh my God, thank you. Because there were so many elements in this scene. And, and of course one would think, well, well, wouldn't you know that you're protecting your daughter in that way? But there was a piece of the blocking that I wasn't on set for, so I didn't know why we were making that move. Gotcha. But it's 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 those those little moments that seem so little, but they're not because it's when your cast has your back like that, and when they share something that it just feels like, you know, just sharing information, right? Pacino too. When I did two for the money, mm -hmm. um which kind of reminds me of, you know, what um, Keenan said about just go big and I'll pull you back. And I flew up early to watch um, him rehearse. And he... When, Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. And, and so I would go to set every day for, you know, for a week before I even started just to watch him. And he, he would um, start every rehearsal screaming, like, ah, you know, and like, what? Like making his body big and big. And then with each one, bring it and bring it and bring it. And then I asked him why he did that. And he said, I'm getting all the bad choices out of me. Oh, so, so, that's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have this image now of Al Pacino, because how many times have we seen him screaming on the, you know, on the set, on a film? And wow, that's just an interesting method that he has to, you know, like, what did he say? To get all the bad stuff out of him? He said, I'm, I do it to get all the bad choices out. Wow. So wow. because because I used to get so freaked, like, like wonder when I first started, am I the only one that's terrified? You know, why am I was terrified before I go into like first day or mm -hmm. into something? And then I really learned, you know, from some of the greatest actors of all time that they're always terrified. And so the, the, and if, and if they weren't, then it wouldn't mean something to them. That, that's that fear, that anxiety, that terror comes from, um, you know, it has, it has the same physiological response as excitement. 
Mm-hmm. So then you, you tell yourself, oh, okay, you know, this is because it matters that much to me. And then you can learn tricks and tools and processes to relax the body, to um, breathe. There, the, every actor has many different processes and ways of getting into characters. And that consistently, I think, you know, develops and expands. Um, and, uh, um, you know, so to get all the bad choices out, I think is getting out all the nervous energy so then you can start refining it from there. Wow. Wow. That is so awesome. Now let's go back to the beginning of Black Summer. How did you first hear that Netflix was putting together this zombie show and how did you go about auditioning or getting the audition? How did that all come about? I um, didn't know it was a zombie show because there was no... uh, they didn't even use the word zombie in the script. I was actually in Paris at the time working. Um, I was sent the script and they said, you know, that they wanted to offer it to me. And, and there was sort of a back and forth about, you know, what the filmmaker wanted. And, you know, they wanted to hire, you know, originally John Himes wanted to hire, uh, I believe like an unknown. Um, and this, you know, there, there was, they needed, they needed the right person that had a name, but you know, what I love about John is he's very determined on the, who can really obviously as he should be as a a brilliant filmmaker capture what it is that he wanted. And there was sort of like a back and forth about that. I didn't have to go in and, you know, I could just have the offer and I didn't, I didn't, I remember saying to my manager, like, that's, I'm not doing that. Like I want to go in. I want to go in because that's how much I love this. I want to go in and know exactly what this man wants. And um, I did like one take and the casting director was like, done, perfect. We got it. We're good. We're, we're doing this. And I was like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. I was like, no, I can't. Like, like I really wanted, there was just this like inherent need that I had to, to tap into Rose and into the story in a way that would bring it to life for for the filmmaker. I just don't know how to describe like how much that meant to me without ever having meeting him or talking to him. And I was like, hold up, hold up. I just want to do it one more time. He's like, you don't need to. You got this. We're good. And I was like, well, like relax, relax. And I was like, what is it? Because you've brought in, I'm sure, like hundreds of people, uh, unknowns or whomever. What is it? Um, you know, that attracted you that John wants that he's not seen. And he said, well, people are playing it overly emotional. Oh, and I said, okay, I want to go it again, do it again. He's like, you weren't doing that. You, you, you weren't playing it over overly emotional because they'd be crying and screaming all this stuff. And I was like, let me just do it one more time. And, um, which is a funny thing. I don't think most actors are like, yeah, let me go again. Let me go again. If, if they know that they pretty much, you know, already have the part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that's part of the integrity that you need to have. Um, to because the craft. I do, yeah. To the craft. To the craft itself. Because, because, you know, uh, parts are like, to me, they're like fingerprints, you know, and everybody's fingerprint is different. And, you know, uh, there's I do believe in abundance and if it's it's if it's supposed to be for me it will be for me and if not I'd much prefer to see another actor bring it to life mm-hmm. you know it's so extraordinary to watch other actors I, I'm ne- it never ceases to amaze me but I I did it again and I and I remember thinking because I'm 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 very um um have very easy access to my emotions and it, you know, so I have to cover a lot, you know, because it's always sort of hitting right here. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, let me just put let me just push every feeling I have down into my stomach and, and just see what that feels like. Even though he thought I wasn't overly emotional at all. I just wanted to experience that for myself. And then, you know, got on the phone with John that day. And we spoke, I think, for like five or six hours. And like, that was that. Just out of curiosity, you did you did they let you do it again? And what did they think about it the second time you did it? Oh yeah, they, I mean, they, he let me do it again. They, yeah, he did, but he just said I didn't need to. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, yeah. you nailed it, you got it, it's yours. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I, I don't know why I just had this really strong need to protect 
John and to protect the story. And so it was, I, I just don't know how to describe it. There are just some souls, there's some people that it's like you've known them for, you know, forever, in, in forever yeah. and ever and ever. Yesterday we had Justin Chu Carey on the show, your co-star. My boy, my boy. Yeah, he's awesome. And he said for the Spears character, they were originally looking for someone older, more like a Mickey Wark type exactly. of character. Yeah. Uh, I told him, man, I'm glad I love Mickey Wark. I'm a huge Mickey Wark fan, but I think Justin as Spears, he nailed it, you know? Oh, oh man. Justin is like, Justin is a force to be reckoned with. And he's so, like, I, I mean, it makes, it makes me want to cry. Um, like, he's just, I, you know, there are certain actors when you're in the scene with them that it's just like this, kind of chemistry and relationship that is so powerful and there were there were there were several moments where you know um in first season we were not supposed to be romantic in any way shape or form mm -hmm. but because our ke our chemistry connection with one another is so strong it would read on cameras like wait are they like lovers or yeah. not lovers you know and and it's just sometimes you just have that again that connection um and when you know, they wanted to cast uh, someone like a Mickey Rourke for that part. And when Justin came in for that part and um, auditioned, he brought in, because John and I were talking about this, it was like this swag, right? And not just a swag, but a kind of uh, a, this, um, this, like almost a, a humor, right? And a humor in a way where it's like, you just, you like this guy. Yeah. But you don't know, like, can you trust him? Can you not trust him? He like took that role, flipped it on its head, and just like did it like a G, like just in this way that just felt like like slick without without playing slick. Exactly. It's like there's always something you know, and yet earns your trust. Exactly, and the way I described it to Justin yesterday is the, is the same way you just described it. Now you two on the screen had this chemistry, not so much in what you said. But what you didn't say and yes. just your physical uh, responses to one another is what made the interaction between Spears and Rose so amazing. And it worked. It clicked. It's so interesting. Yeah, it it really we had never met until we like we had one rehearsal mm -hmm. like we met on set had like barely a rehearsal before we were rolling and there's this you know one moment that I that I really love that was not intended and Justin and I have spoken about this before because we didn't know each other we didn't talk about this scene beforehand or anything like it but it was what you know the first episode where I lose someone very significant to mm -hmm. me if you haven't seen the show and I remember being in such a state of shock in, in the moment because again when they call action it's like such an out-of-body experience because you're so present it's like you're so in your body but you're so out of your body because you're just there you know like a vessel and I remember like walking towards him not even looking at the body of this person that I loved in such stunned shock and I, I remember just falling into his arms and you can see it on screen mm -hmm. now because I I fell into his arms and Justin was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting to do it. You yeah. know, so you can see him try and pull away. Like, cause like, I think he didn't like, like what to do. And then I, he didn't know how to react. Yeah. Yeah. And then we held each other and it became this very intimate, um, experience. And there's just, there, yeah, there are just certain actors that like you, you just have that, um, this kind of visceral intuition response to one another and and what I love so much about our show is that we really we we show through behavior rather than saying and we strip away as much dialogue as possible um, because the audience doesn't need to be told how to feel you know um, it, it, it to me it's about just doing it doing it and allowing you know the audience to ask questions for themselves to interpret it the way that they want to, to come away from it, um, hopefully seeing some part of themselves on 
the screen. You know, I act because, and I and I make films because I, I want people to know that they're not alone, exactly. and and that's how that's you know that's why films changed my life growing up because I would I would see on screen aspects of me that that let me know that I was not alone in the world. You know. That's 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 so awesome. What is it about Rosa's character that you admire the most? Her extreme uh, vigilance, uh, adaptability, loyalty, and um, determination. I would say uh, extreme. Extreme, uh, extreme determination, and and you know, like with with Justin's character, you know, that like there are things that happen that could you know throw her trust off, or you know, but there's something about Rose that moves from a real place, from like from like it doesn't matter what the world is saying, she's gonna go with that like what what she's feeling her gut she's gonna her follow gut her gut and then, yeah and an innate understanding like somehow like a like a real clear um it's just an intuition about human beings so even if even if other people are saying oh that person's a horrible person they had they did this in their history that in their history she's she sees she sees people in a in a bigger way than that I mean, Rose went through a, a real transformation throughout the first, you know, the season, seven episodes oh. uh, from wanting to save the kids in the school. And then we see you make that real tough decision of in a split second to take out Velez, as yes. you know, uh, do you think that even surprised Rose as a character that she was even capable of doing that sort of stuff? Yeah, and it surprised me even when I was doing that scene. Like when I did that, I I remember stumbling back. I, got, I actually got really hurt in that scene. Uh, I I stumbled back because my whole body was just like like in shock, and and that is the that is the um, the will of a mother. Yes, that is the will, and also the will of a mother. And if you are a mother like I am or a parent, you are willing. There is nothing that will stop you from protecting your child. And also other people around you become uh, like children to you in a way. Right. And so what she did to Velez was not only because he he wasn't going to make it. No, no. And and it and it's interesting because in that scene that they didn't show, they cut it, this part out. But I needed it for me. And I knew that they weren't going to use it because I just asked, I asked Sal um, to just say it to me, um, you know, quietly mm -hmm. um, in the scene. And I said, just say, um, I think it was something like, I was like, can you just say, um, do it. You have two seconds. Wow. I needed the actor. I needed him to give me permission in that moment uh, so that I could do it. Right. Knowing that they wouldn't use that audio and they, and they wouldn't see it because the camera was on me. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's just some, there are things that we do, you know, um, actor to actor to support one another. But I, I almost needed him to give me that permission. Um, to be able know, to pull the trigger, to be able to pull the trigger. What would you say throughout that first season was Rose's big pivot moment that she went to that finale of killing Velez from the suburban housewife whose husband is dying in the beginning what there in between was it the school those kids you preventing spears from killing the kids what moment would you say in the first season of rose's arc was that pivot it's interesting because when you see even in the first episode um in that that scene with with my husband, right? And mm -hmm. that was ironically the scene that I did in the room uh, when I went in. Mm -hmm. um, the language that she used was like, I need you, I need you, I can't do this without you, right, to him. And then it was like, then she sucks it up because she ultimately knows this is the final moment. And she's like, okay, 
she's she's looking for the solution. We're going to do it. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get us there. I will get us there. Like there was already some kind of inherent determination with her. Right. And, um, and then with the moment with Spears, she's asking, please help me, please help me. I'll help you. I'll help you. So there was that bond formed of, you know, like they're both helping each other. Right. But she hasn't yet come into the fullness of the understanding of how to do that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because she's still so compassionate. And then, you know, with, uh, you know, with Mustafa's character, um, you know, the kids in the school um, was really like, um, you know, every episode is sort of an homage, uh, not only thematically, but like two other films that, you know, we love. And that one was, you know, an idea of like Lord of the Flies, you know, um, uh what happens when kids have to go through this kind of trauma? What does that kind of thing look like? And I think the horror of seeing these children um, having to fend for themselves and what they did and then what happened to his character, you know, that she's trying to protect and trying to protect everyone was just like, you know, um, and the moment with, I think for me, the very pivotal moment was, when they were walking down the tunnel exactly. and, and that's what we and, and that you know when they are you know trying to convince me these cops this military whatever you want to call them that you know this person who I have been inseparable with who you know saved my life and I saved his and you know been on this journey with it was like no yeah, you're done and I I was going to ask you that that would be my was going to be my next question in that pivotal tunnel scene okay you see the military. Justin said yesterday that they might not have been military. They could have been impersonators. You guys did not know. Didn't know. Yeah. And they're dragging uh, spears away, and you confront them. They are not pointing their guns at you. They are not a threat to you. In fact, as they're carting him away, they're still telling Rose, we will deliver you to the stadium, but this is a bad guy right here. But yet, you make that gut decision and you take out the soldiers to save Spears. I mean, yes. what do you? How do you explain what was going through Rose's mind at that moment? It's in. It's it's funny because the as when I'm acting, it's not just me playing a character. You know, Rose is there's Rose and then there's me mm-hmm. and it's merging my consciousness and her consciousness. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what makes, you know, characters so unique and why I say that we're all like fingerprints, right. We're all yeah. so different. Um, you know, for me personally, I was born with a radical, um, uh, um, need to protect, um, and to do anything about injustice or what I felt was unjust or authority, um, a, 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 you know, abuse of power. I totally abuse understand. Of, I feel the same abuse way. of power. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so you're there taking, you know, the, <laughs> a black Asian man, you know, dragging him down a tunnel, promising, you know, a white woman, oh, blah, 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 blah. And inside of Jamie, my immediate was like, not motherfuckers, right? Like, this is wrong. You know, it's wrong. And, and I have that. It's like a fire. It's something I can't shut off. I have that personally. It's really a very intense um, and an important thing for me. And so with Rose, I, I just remember feeling in that moment, that, that, that real beautiful um, uh, collision of, her not I wouldn't say collision but like like you know this powerful moment of me and her you know through through me together um of this man has my back like this this man and I have been through things that they have no idea about and he's got like whoever these people are there's no way that I'm gonna let them take him uh, absolutely. Let's talk about some of your other co-stars on the show. Uh, Sun, Kyung Sung, played by Christine. Uh, what did you think of her portrayal? Because, uh, to be honest, 
you were the biggest name on that show. You were the most famous. A lot of the other cast members, they've been in the industry, but are still fairly new. Uh, it was She's you electric. And, uh, She's like so dynamic and riveting and like, whew, like you see her and she just like pops off the screen, you know? Exactly, exactly. And it was so amazing because like Netflix didn't make us have subtitles. When we didn't want to use subtitles, they... Like we didn't have to do that, and and again, it shows the power of great actors, the power of humanity, the power that we understand each other even if we don't speak the, the same language. language, and the way that um, you know the spirit moves through her, the 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 way that she um, is so committed in each moment, and so like you know just so present it's like like watching her performance was so exciting because like this is someone that was really unknown you know and so it's like oh my god who is that chick like she's dope and she's presented to us and we as viewers like okay here's uh, a woman she can't speak english she's not gonna make it out of this very first episode but yet she is one of the last ones standing because yes. she is so damn, she's smart. She's brilliant. She so knows, smart, and she's a survivor. Exactly, and if you, and also, we're, this really also is an exploration of culture mm-hmm. and where people are coming from and their own experiences. And you know, in that first scene, you see they want to, they rip her out of the line because she's not not white. You exactly. know, like. So and then you know there's there there are so many areas that are covered here from you know immigration race you know creeds colors situations circumstance environments politics like so many injustices and that's why I fell in love with this and that's why I I feel so blessed to have these extraordinary actors that are sharing their life experiences through their characters in a way that um you know is just it just blows my mind. Uh, mine too. Now, the I, I said this to Justin. I'm going to ask it to you as well. The first six episodes are regular length, uh, almost one hour episodes. The last one, I think they did it great. It was just a 20 plus minute episode. Action from the first second to the last second. What did you think about them making the last episode short like that? Basically removing all the fluff. Well, I mean, we we always wanted to distill um you know and tell the story in uh in a way that was like a visual novel mm-hmm. and it's like i mean I, I think it's brilliant and what's so great about you know doing a show like this is that it doesn't have to be 42 minutes like network television it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be a minimum of you know an hour and a half you know for a feature uh we are able to play with lengths of time and you know that non-stop experience and especially with the way that we shoot it in very long oneers yeah. and you know like you know props to Euron Levy and props to you know Wes Moran like and our whole camera crew our best boys are like focus put like they're just like extraordinary the shots that that they do like there are other scene partners you know because we're able to shoot in a way that it's almost like you can't breathe because you're so immersed in it because there's not all these quick cuts all the time. And so to be able to do that, like hitting the ground, running all the way through, you know, um, it, it takes, you know, John Himes and the people he brought together to create this and giving them permission uh, to really go there, you know? Absolutely. Now, when you saw... Now, the, you know, as an actor, this is a difference when you're there shooting it to when you see the final product. When you saw the final product, and particularly that finale and the action that was nonstop, uh, what did you think? First of all, did the zombies, the rage zombies, the, the way they ran at you, did they scare you as a viewer? If you were to take yourself out of, okay, I was, I'm in this show. If you were to take yourself out of that, put yourself into a fan's perspective and you're watching the final product on the screen, did it scare you at all? Yeah. And I'm also, I'm also, I also produce the show. Exactly. So so it's like, so 
I see multiple cuts and dailies and so even when you're acting and producing and you're involved in the whole process of it when you can then sit and then watch it when it's up there even though you've seen the episodes you know countless times and you're just like completely enthralled you know that that i mean to me that's like that's it man it's like terrifying. that's that's what we go for because normally i'm like critiquing something or this or that you know with with uh um you know other things that you know from you know uh it, it's just a rare it's just a, a rare experience Absolutely. you know and and that's that's why i love about the most get ready for season two <laughs> you think season two was great this is gonna i know and we're gonna talk about that now uh when season one ended now justin said yesterday you guys officially wrapped shooting about a month ago of season two yes now, october 20 now when uh you guys were done with season one you being also a producer on the show did they did you guys know there was going to be a season two or was it let's wait and see how the show does on netflix and then you found out soon after it got released on netflix like yeah you guys are coming back for a season two yes i i uh my contract had you know before i started season one was for several years um and when you know when it came out and was extraordinarily successful i we knew right away um and then it was you know getting everything set up and organized and you know um you know absolutely all that good stuff (laughs) as an actress how would you explain filming in the covid pandemic age that we're living in right now as opposed to what it used to be like how do I describe it? Um, I mean, it feels like in a strange way, like on our show, we were, it felt like we were pioneers in a brave new world because, you know, we were going, you know, on essential workers visas, there were seven Americans going up to Canada for the first time, Mm -hmm. um, you know, quarantining, uh, you know, away from our families, uh, not able to have anyone travel with us. Like, you know, very, very strict rules. Um, you know, uh, you're isolated. Uh, you can't touch each other. Um, you know, the, the, the cast is separated, um, you know, from, uh, everyone really, except for, you know, whoever's in the performer zone. I was then, I was then isolated. I was, uh, even, um, isolated from my cast they had me in another zone um and it was very strange because you know when you're producing and acting i couldn't i wasn't allowed to go on a set on days where i wasn't quote unquote on camera and i'm used to being on set every day you know every day at the monitor going from unit to unit watching uh, you know everything that's my job and so that part was pretty jarring and um but because of the closeness between, um, you know, our, our cast members and our crew, I knew in my heart that if anyone could get through this and with Netflix, uh, I knew, and like, I knew that we had what it took to, to do that. And, and having the comfort of this family, um, I think really, uh, we were able to take it very seriously and find the moments of, of humor in it. And I think we're just so happy to be together, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and yet, um, you know, there were a lot of challenges to being alone for so long and, um, you know, protocols and things like that. But uh, again, like it, it was just one of those things where we had uh, all the people that had enough, uh, uh, not just enough, but an extraordinary uh, malleability um to say, Hey, we're back here. We're doing this. We're going to make it happen. And we'll accept every single rule. And knowing that if we got through this, right. And wrap this thing, then it's not just wrapping our show. It's, it's, it's then giving more opportunity for our industry to, to get back up. Right. Because to get back on its feet. Yeah. yeah, To be one of the first things back up, you know, when no one's filming is like an extraordinary responsibility and again, it's not just because it's our show, it's every production that gets through COVID and gets through COVID clean 
um, you know, uh, allows for more productions to go back up. And I don't even think our industry is up at like, it's not even at 20% capacity no, yet. Right. No, no. And, um, you know, the, uh, and then a lot of things that we learned, like, you know, there, uh, again, we do like really dangerous long shots and, you know, when you're wearing goggles and they're fogging up and, you know, what do you do about the goggles when it comes to, you know, physical safety, uh, or, uh, the potential of getting sick, you know, like all of these different things that we learn through trial and error. And, and, you know, one thing I love about, um, you know, the, um, the Safeway protocols for the guilds that were put together to get productions back up is one of the last paragraphs in it was about the importance of anyone that gets a chance to go back up, please share all the information because we all have to come together as a community to do this. And, you know, art heals and mm -hmm. we need content. We need to put stories out, you know, throughout the beginning of time, we, we view storytelling um, to bring together families and communities and, you know, now more than ever with what's going on. Exactly. People need you know, it, you know, whether you want to call it a distraction, arts and entertainment, we need that. We need that in our communion, lives. Communion, connection. Like, look at, you know, as simple as like what Game of Thrones did yeah. for people, you know, and like the sorrow and the grief of when that was ending because yeah. it, it, was a, it was a conversation. Like people could have globally online, on social media. It's like the way that we connect, right? And, yeah. you know, I, after Black Summer, I went back, to LA for about three days and then went to do um, my film called Out of Death with Bruce Willis. Yes. And then you're at each, and then, you know, I came from like the highest standards of protocols um, and was so familiar with everything. And then going to the, another set that like, you know, really knowing that information was a, a huge, huge because it helped prevent so many different things or things that could have set production back and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, um, it was just valuable to get that background, bring it with you onto the set. A hundred percent. Now, in the, we only have a few moments left, but what, if you were to use one word to describe this upcoming season two of black summer, which word would you pick? <laughs> just one word. I mean, Justin said yesterday it's going to be a ride that we should, you know, get buckled in for it because it's it's wild. Oh, it's so hard. Um... Well, season one was uh, very dark. Does it get darker than season one or... This, I, like, there's no way to describe it. It is... Uh, it is <laughs> extraordinary. I, th I, th um, I think, I think stronger than a word is the lack of words you can come up with that describes it better to us I'm, than any uh, single honestly, word. Honestly, I'm, I'm left ineffable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I there are no words to describe. I, I, again, I've never had an experience before in my entire career of um, the exhilaration, freedom, uh, power of, uh, I, of communion, connection, this, it's just like, it's so timely. It's almost like it, it's the most present. I don't know. It, it's I precious. It's a, yeah, it's precious. Uh, now, it's, uh, as the last question, are we going to, transcendent. <laughs> there you go. Uh, is it going to be coming to us anytime soon? Spring, maybe, of 21? Do you know a time frame around? Yes, it's going, to be coming, it's going to be coming soon. Soon. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good enough. Hopefully, it'll be here by the spring. Anyway, we're out of time. Jamie, I got to admit, this has been one of the most fascinating conversations I've had, and I've done a lot of these over the last eight months. You have been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank for you so much for having me and for supporting us, and I'm so glad Justin was on last night, and and you should have Christine on. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get all you guys on. And Justin has agreed to come back as well after season two. I would love two. to come back anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a fascinating interview. Uh, I want to thank all of our viewers for tuning in. 
like I, I mean it, this has been one of the most fascinating interviews. I can't believe an hour just flew by like that. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Jamie, thank you so much for being with thank us. You. Everybody, Thanks. please stay safe. Do you have any final stay safe, thoughts? everyone. Do you have any final, any final th thoughts? Oh, I'm just thankful to share with everyone. And I'm thankful to, to talk to you. And, and um, yeah, this is the stuff I live for. It's, it's, awesome. it's for all the story lovers out there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Until, Thank you. Till tomorrow, guys. Remember, stay walking. Good night. Amen.